Welcome to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. Araya is an Emmy award-winning TV show host, producer, director, author, and so much more. In 1999, Araya was told she would never speak again after having her left vocal cord nerve removed during cancer surgery. But against the odds and facing adversity head on, she found her voice, literally. And now she uses it to tell great stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate entrepreneurs to earn more, live more, and give back more. Now, let's get celebritized. Now, here's your host, Araya McGarry. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Get Celebritized. I'm your host, Araya McGarry, and I put this show together for the entrepreneurs who want to get to the top. But they're seeing all these other people at the top that are in their industry and doing what they want to do, and they're thinking, how did they get there? They may know their story and their story might be, well, I keep hearing the story about this certain successful person or influencer that was on skid row or doing really bad or barely making it. Now, all of a sudden, they're making a million dollars a month. Well, how the heck did they get from point A to point B and thrive? And I'm here to tell you, it is not all roses. And many times people rise to the top and then they fall back down to the bottom and sometimes even further down the, the ladder to the bottom if you can imagine, maybe the basement and the lower basement, and then rise back up again. And I put together Get Celebritized so I could bring on people that are gonna give you some nuts and bolts on what really happens between the idea or wanting to go into a certain career or business and then getting to a, a good position of success. Now, not all are multi-multi-millionaires, not all are billionaires. Some only make, you know, let's just say, maybe close to six figures a year, maybe not even six figures, but they're successful, they're happy in their industry, and they have made it to the top in one of the genres of their industry. And I'm gonna share with you all of them coming to this program to tell you about how they did it. And it's gonna be no holds bar. Some of them are gonna be really raw with you and tell you some things that maybe the general public doesn't even know about them, but also you can have hope. I want to give you hope because a lot of people cannot pronounce my name. It's Araya. Some people say it's oh, like Araya Sunshine, but other people say it's pronounced like Araya Hope. So that's what I want to give you. I want to give you hope because you are no different than anyone that is soaring to the top in the same industry that you're in. But you need to get celebritized. You need to get more people to know who you are. So let's get to that. Let me get you some hope because my first guest tonight is going to do just that. And then don't go away because I'm bringing on a woman after we talk to my first guest who is helping the people of Haiti. You need to hear what she's doing. You need to know the stories that are happening. And one thing that I know for sure will happen, you will appreciate electricity, water, clothes on your back. You appreciate wherever you are so much more. And she's going to tell you some of the things that are happening down there and how we can help. So without any further ado, let me bring on my first amazing guest, my success story, who went to a failure like we've all done before, to a success, back down. It's just all over the page. I'm going to let him tell the story. So I am bringing on a dear friend of mine, Demon Coleman, who was born and raised in St. Louis, now raised in Atlanta, resides in Atlanta. So happy to have him locally. And he's been an entrepreneur. Guess, get this. And that's why you're going to see rises, falls, rises again. Because he's been in business since he was eight years old. Mm-hmm. All right, get your kids. Bring them around this, this show now. Let them listen to this. He went from a salon own, owner and operator to real estate real estate investing all before the age of 25. For the last 13 years, Simon has been a seven-figure earner and owner in the business of network marketing. And in addition, Damon was featured in Success Magazine for hitting the top of two companies in record time before starting his own multi-level marketing company, formerly known as Inspire Network. He has come so far, though, you are not going to want to miss what he's doing now and how he did it. His story 
is incredible. Damon, get up here on the stage with me. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. You know, you were the keynote speaker at my event uh, back in uh, December 2000 and was that, no, that was May 2017. And that Gosh, was- that long? Yeah, it's been that long. It's been that long. So glad to be able to re reconnect with you on your platform this time. You know, I was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, my mom has eight children, four baby daddies. <laughs> I, don't, oh I, I, I don't share a, a dad with any of my siblings. So I'm the only son, only child by both of my parents. And so, yeah, so, so that was interesting. Um, I didn't really get close to my dad until about the age of 13. He was on drugs and everything for a little while. Uh, he's doing a phenomenal now. Great man. I love my dad. We're very close. But because of that upbringing, you know, I had to fend for myself at a young age. And so that's what got me into entrepreneurship at eight years old. You know, my mom married my stepfather, moved us out of the projects into a single family home. And, you know, even though the homes are like 1,200 square feet, you know, single car garages, people had yards. So I was able to do yard work, like cutting grass, raking leaves, shoveling snow. By junior high, I'm selling candy. <laughs> <laughs> Salesman from the beginning. I love it. From the beginning. You know, but growing up, knocking on doors for bread, butter, flour, and sugar gave me the courage to knock on people's doors, you know, to ask them if I could cut their grass or rake their leaves or shovel their snow. And then when I got to, to junior high, I met a guy named Leon who used to sell now and later. So that's like a super popular candy. Yes, <laughs> you remember now and later? So he used yes. to sell those. And I was like, wow, if he's doing it, he's selling out every day. So I started selling Bubblicious. You know, <laughs> so I would buy, I would buy a seven pack. Uh, I'm sorry, I would buy seven packs of Bubblicious for a dollar thirty nine. I would sell them for fifty cents each. So I'll make three dollars and fifty cents off of every dollar seventy nine. No, I'm sorry, off of every dollar thirty nine that I spent. And so by the time I got to the eighth grade, I had people meeting me at my locker, working for me, Aria. Well, there's a lot worse things you could be dealing than candy. So I'm all for it. That's a good thing. Well, ironically, you say dealing because most of my friends at that time were already dealing drugs. So I grew up in a very drug infested neighborhood. I knew I wanted to sell drugs by the age of 10 years old. However, my mom, I saw her go through it with my oldest brother, you know, kicking him out for selling drugs. And so I didn't want to do that. So I was looking for ways where I could keep up with my friends, the lifestyle, the fun, you know, all that good stuff without doing that. So that's what made me be creative you know, in terms of selling candy at school. Wow, you got to sell a lot of candy to keep up with your drug dealer friends, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, oh, you know, it's levels to everything. That's right. That's right. But I'm so, okay. I'm so uh, like, proud of you as a, as a kid doing that. When I was 11, I was walking dogs because I lived in New York City. And okay. it was high rise. And I didn't have to work at the time because it was before my dad was murdered. Because my dad oh, was wow. nothing, And we had everything until he was murdered and gunned down when I was 15. And then we had nothing. So I had kind of the opposite going on. But at 11, I was like, I think once you, you've got that spirit of entrepreneurship, you kind of want to go out and make money. It doesn't matter whether you have money or don't have it. It's inside you. And so I started walking dogs at 11 and made $50 a week because I got paid 50 cents a walk. And I did wow. each one of them separately every morning before Wait, school. Wait, 50 cents? That was a lot of walks. Like, that was a lot of candy I had to sell. <laughs> exactly. I did it every day, though. But one of my clients was Dr. Joyce Brothers. She lived two two levels above me, and she gave me $5 a walk. And I oh. thought I hit the lottery. She was so generous. Nice. So that was the here. beginning of my entrepreneurship. Yeah. By the time I got to junior high, my dad got clean from drugs. You know, I wanted to get out of my mom's house. My stepfather was very abusive. And my dad literally lived in a shack. Like he lived in a shack. Like we had no, uh, um, we didn't have a sink. We didn't have a kitchen sink. We didn't have a stove. So we used to wash dishes in the bathtub. Because despite of my dad just getting clean from drugs, like he got custody of all his kids. And so we were all living in this shack together, washed this in a bathtub. My dad taught us how to cook stew, chili, anything you could think of in the crock pot. Like that's what we ate. 
you know? And so I, I got a chance to see my dad go from a shack to being a drug addict to buying a really nice home, getting raises, starting his own business. So he was like my first hope and inspiration. Oh, and that great. like you could really turn your life around, you know? And that was around the age of 13. And so when I moved out from my mom, my dad bought me some clippers because my big brother used to cut my hair. The one he used to sell drugs, he used to cut my hair. My dad was like, look, I can't keep taking you out there every week. You got to figure this out. So he bought me some clippers, start cutting my own hair. You know, that's our charge of my friends. There you go again. There you go again, Bings. Bings, you know, being intuitive there. I love it. And <laughs> what's crazy. You sell it, give you clippers, you start a salon. Exactly. And I, it was crazy. I used to jack my head up. Oh, it used to be terrible. But <laughs> we used to go skating every weekend. And you couldn't go to the skating rink without a fresh cut. So even though it was jacked up, the, fl- the fades were not blended or anything. Like, my boys was like, man, can you hook me up? Like, $2. I was cutting there for, like, $2. Oh, and by God. the time I was a freshman in high school, I was, like, $15 a haircut with the chemical service. By my junior year, was working in a professional salon without a, you know, license and everything. And so oh, kind of got started fast. But also, I read the age of 15, now that I'm living with my dad, I got the courage to actually get into the game and start dealing drugs. And that was, you know, the beginning of that at 15 years old, because now my friends at 14 and 15, they're buying cars. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're moving out of their parents' home at 16 years old, you know, because the parents, my friends' parents wasn't going for it. You know, it was like, if this is what you're going to do, you got to leave. My friends was like, I'm going to leave. And so the culture in my community where I grew up, is that you make money or you're a nobody. Gosh. So what happened? So, you know, start working at a barber shop my junior year in high school. And uh, while I was working at the barber shop, I was selling weed out of the barber shop, you know. And uh-huh. by the time I graduated from high school, like I knew that's what I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was cut hair, get my own salon, and be like one of the biggest drug dealers in St. Louis. That was my dream. Wow. That's what I saw for myself. And, you know, graduated from high school and I got in the pursuit of that. But by the time I was 20, my friends are getting shot up, locked Mm. up, murdered, you know. And so at 21, changed my life, you know, got married to my children's mom, which I had two children and one on the way by 21. But got married, got out of the game. And, uh, you know, I started flipping houses and everything. I got into real estate, started doing mortgage loans. Wait a minute. Okay, this is the part of the show that I love. Okay, because this is where I stop my guests. Because people <laughs> want to know. You go from wanting to be a drug dealer, and then all of a sudden now you're flipping houses. Now, wait a minute. So give us a few. I know we still have to fast forward a little bit because we've got only about another 10, 15 minutes or so. And we've got to yeah. see stuff. But tell me, or tell actually tell the viewers a few things that put you from being the drug dealer to enabling you to get married, have your kids, and then flip houses. Give us a couple of nuts okay. and bolts on that. So it, it, it was two dynamics that was happening at this time. Okay. Number one, my friends were getting shot up, locked up, and it was like every time a lot of the bad things would happen, I would be at the barber shop and I would miss it. By the time I got to where we were doing what we were doing, like I missed the action. Oh. Okay, like I would just miss something bad that happened. The so other, God had his hand on you. Well, there you go. Because the mm-hmm. next part of it, I was about to say, my mom kept inviting me to church during those days. Nah. And, when I, and, and so after one of my friends got in a bad car accident, like really bad, and a bunch of other things <laughs> happened, I decided to start, I decided to go to church that Sunday. Took okay. one of my really good friends, made a decision that Sunday that I was going to change my life. I don't want to live like that anymore. I wanted to live. I didn't want to die. That's what it really came down for me. Okay. And so when we left service that Sunday, we go to the hospital. One of my friends that was also in that car accident, we got to the hospital that Sunday, found out he couldn't walk ever again. That's my good friend to this day named Chris. We call him Pee Wee. And so when I found out Pee Wee couldn't walk, that was confirmation for me. I told Tony, his cousin, who's no longer living now, man, I'm out. This is it. I'm done. You know, and so from the age of 20 to 24, I met a gentleman by the name of Greg Wings, taught me how to do mortgage loans, taught me how to flip houses, 
And that's how I got started. I met Greg, Mr. Wings, by cutting hair. He was one of my clients. So what I can really see here is the hand of God in your life for this story for real, because you could very easily be in a, in a box right now and not exactly. have made it like some of your friends. So yeah. I, and you changed and you decided when you went to church that this was not going to be my life. And you gave your life to God. I can see that, which is wonderful. But still, things aren't going to be rosy for you. You've got a few more things that happen. So let's keep going. It's even more. Absolutely. So, you know, Four years later, I stopped going to church. You know, my marriage was not what, what I thought it would be. I got very discouraged and because of a lack of maturity. You were you young. Know, yeah, I was very young. One, you know, yeah. Lack of maturity on both of our ends. You know, I just got I got back out there. I didn't want it anymore. You know, and not that I didn't want to be responsible for my children. I just didn't want that relationship. And so yeah. getting away from my spiritual foundation I got back into the streets and it wasn't hard. I mean, the whole time I was out of the streets, my friends coming around, I'm doing great because I'm flipping houses. I use that money. I bought two salons. This is without selling drugs. You know, however, my friends, by, by now, like there's a movie, there's a series out right now called BMF. Okay. Damn. It was about some of the biggest drug dealers in the United States of America. Some of those guys during those days were my friends. OK, so it wasn't hard. It was all around. me. So I got back into the game, had a great run four years later, get indicted, put on the front page of the newspapers and I'm facing five or 40 years in prison. And by the grace of God, they only charged me for the marijuana. But because of the quantity, it was still federal, still did time, got sentenced to three years at Leavenworth, did two years on a three year sentence, got to Atlanta, Georgia, got introduced to network marketing. And the rest has been pretty much history. So, oh, Damon, I'm glad you're being so honest with us because you're showing, you know, how you had it hard when you were growing up, but you still have that determination that, I mean, from selling candy to selling drugs to finding God, knowing that wasn't what you wanted to sell, but you always had this entrepreneur spirit in you that wanted to work. You've never been lazy. I'm not seeing anything about a lazy person in this. So God was able to use the good, the good um, uh, qualities he gave you for good. But what's how I did it. Watch how I did it, Aria. My yeah. stepfather that got us out of the projects. Yeah. He's the one that taught me how to work. Wow. But he's also the person that child abused me. He's yeah. also the person that beat on my mom. So it's like a lot of times we go through life and we don't understand why things are happening and we despise these experiences. But these calluses on my hands from the grown up work he had me doing as a kid is a reminder. So I love this man now. Okay. I thank God for him. Interesting. Because he taught me how to work. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I said, what a different I, 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 paid, I paid a major price for it. No kid would want to pay. Right. But that's how I got my work ethic. But Devon also want I hope people listen because mental health now is such a such a topic that people are talking about as they should after the pandemic. And so many people have not had good childhoods. And you went through horrific things, but you've really been able to forgive and you've been able to live a good life and, and mend that relationship that probably doesn't deserve, but you decided to mend the relationship and now look at all the good he did versus all the really bad things. My hat's off to you for that because you don't, you don't have to do that. That's not normal or average. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I have to give credit to God. I mean, I'm still on my spiritual journey. You know, I'm still not where I want to be by any means of the sorts. However, God got me because I believe he will. And so he gives me the strength to forgive. And there's some things in my life right now that I'm questioning. Have I really forgiven this person or not? So I don't want to make it seem like I'm Mr. Forgiver, but I was able, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on it, but I was able to see past what this man did to me yeah. instead of looking at, I'm sorry, and I started looking at what he did for me. So and you're I, living I, a better I, life because of it. Because of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I like what he did. I just didn't like his methods of doing it. Exactly. Well, you have a really good attitude. You've got a hard work ethic. Uh, this journey still isn't over. And he's not going to be the last person to hurt you. And <laughs> do something bad. Yeah, we're laughing because I know about what's happened. So you really go to the top now. I want people to really see this. You now take all of this, these skills you have inside you and you turn it into starting, not just being in network marketing. You started your own network marketing company. 
Tell us about the success of that. We've only got about another 10 minutes left, a little left. Tell us real quick what it was and how you started it and then what happened from there and where you are now. So I started my own multi-level marketing company in 2016. I had no plans of that at all because my network marketing career has been up and down. You know, you have these big wins, huge momentum. You have experiences where something happens with the company or something happens with the field, but something happens and things are not the way that they were. And so I was questioning even if I wanted to stay into network marketing or not. But what I was speaking in terms of my affirmations and declarations was a residual income. Okay. And I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I went to Asia by way of an invitation and I got introduced to the concept of an all natural feminine hygiene product without the toxins, the chemicals that will actually keep women dry and safe during that special time of the month. When I saw it, it blew my mind. I brought it back to the United States. A good friend of mine who introduced it to me was also an engineer who you had a chance to meet, Joelle. We designed the product, okay, and made it even better. We brought it back to the States. It went viral. You was the keynote speaker at our very first event where we had 5,000 people and they had never been done in direct sales and network marketing before, where someone put 5,000 people in a room where there had never been one commission paid out or anybody had ever used the product. We went viral because of a video demonstration of the product, educating people on what they've been using versus now what they have access to. So, Damon, it was absolutely amazing, but fast forward because something happens, and now I want to know where you are right now. Yes. Well, you talked about me still having to forgive and him, mm-hmm. my stepdad, and I've been the last person to hurt me. Well, we got on that venture that I thought was absolutely amazing, but I didn't have the right partners, okay? And so I successfully sold that company, and I kept ownership of the brand. I sold the company but I kept ownership of the brand. And because of the challenges that I had with some of my former partners, two things happened. Number one, I got confirmation that what I saw in Asia has the potential to become a billion dollar brand in a household name. But I also realized that it didn't go so far that I was afraid to start over and do it again. And so as of three weeks ago, I just launched Essentials Premium Sanitary Napkins, one of the first products of the Essential brand. It is not a multi-level marketing company at this time. However, I did launch with an affiliate program. But people that want to help spread the word, I'm doing a revenue share, so it's very generous. However, the most important thing about Essentials is the education, letting men, women, and children know that they have a safer and more comfortable option because the disparity between feminine hygiene and some of the health challenges that you guys have been having as a result of some of the feminine hygiene products is horrible. I didn't Mm -hmm. make this stuff up. I'm not trying to scare anybody into purchasing my product, but what I will encourage you to do is do your own research. Go to Google, go to WebMD, go to YouTube, whatever search engine that that you trust, and type in sanitary napkins forward slash toxins, sanitary napkins forward slash health challenges, uh, tampons, toxic shock syndrome, tampons, health challenges. I mean, it goes on and on. And so when I saw this product in Asia, I'm going to be honest with you. I was pissed. I was pissed. My first emotion was anger because I'm like, I have daughters. I have a mom. I have sisters. I have aunts. I have friends that have to use this product and they have no idea what they're putting in and on one of the most precious parts of their bodies. And so despite of the challenges that I've gone through from 2019, almost losing not only my house, losing my mind, I had to count change for groceries in 2019 because of my belief in this mission and what it cost me. About the grace of God, I went back into network marketing as a distributor in 2020, and it took me 90 days to get the six figures a month in income. Say that now. I want to pause there. 2020, we all know what happened in 2020. The pandemic hit. Everybody just all crazy pivoting. You started, you got into another direct selling company, not your own. I went went back. I went back to the network marketing company that I was with. Before okay. 
I started my own company. And because I didn't burn the bridge, I operated out of integrity. I kept my relationship strong. When I needed to come back, the door was open. Now, the door opened. Wait a minute, though, but you're making six figures a month. I want the listeners and viewers to hear that. Six figures a month, and you you, by the time you were in it for 90 days. I started January 2020. By March 2020, I was six figures a month in income. By May of 2020, I decided to change to drop the my first brand, which was Cherish Premium Sanitary Napkins. I was about to relaunch that. God told me, no, it's over. Start over, repackage, rebrand, and trust me. And that's what I did. So in May of 2020, I hired the marketing company. I got back in contact with my manufacturer. We got the process rolling. And as of two weeks ago, we were able to launch. I'm so proud of you. And you did that (laughs) all during the very beginning of the pandemic. So to wrap up, because I'm going to keep you on. So you're not going anywhere because we're going to bring up Linda in a second. And I want to have this three-way conversation because you guys are going to have some great synergy. Um, Tell us real quick, though. Because people are hearing you now saying in three months, you started making six figures in direct side. If you could give the people listening and watching some success tips on how to do that, please tell us a few things on what you did to get to the six figures a month doing your direct selling. So, so here's what I don't want to do, because I have my IG live on right now, Aria, and most of my followers are networkers. There are people in direct sales and are network marketing, and a lot of them are rookies. They have no idea what they're involved with, but they like the product, they like what they feel, and they're ready to go and make it happen. Great. Same way I felt, same place I was in. However, I found out over the years, network marketing success, when you talk about the high levels of success, the kind that you read about, Okay, the kind that makes people actually want to be a part of this industry. There are certain ingredients that have to happen in order for it to take place. Number one is timing. Mm -hmm. It's timing. The timing has to be right. Number two, it needs a great compensation plan. People have to feel like that they can actually win by promoting these products and taking on a leadership position. Okay. number three, the products have to be real and they have to work. Okay. And number four, timing. Again, timing. Timing's everything. So what do you mean by that? Timing is the most important. So it doesn't happen that often. However, when you get involved with a multi-level marketing company, before it goes into momentum, if you are working it, like your life freaking depends on it, because it's another thing people don't tell you, you need to be successful in this industry. You need impeccable work ethic. You need thick yeah. skin. You can't be a chump. Sales is not easy. People are going to tell you, no, they're going to reject you. They're going to make you feel bad for wanting to do better. Like it's a mental business. Okay. However, yeah. you get involved at the right time. A lot of the challenges that most people have in network marketing, you don't have because of momentum. And so because ride I got the wave. With that, ride the wave. Ride the wave. Yeah. See, I'm not that guy that always have to create the wave. Some people right. are so arrogant, oh, I'm gotta be the originator. It's not my company. You I'm doing sometimes you gotta play your position. My mom taught me this, Aria. Do what you have to do until you do what you wanna do. My mom has a 10th grade education. She never went to college, but she's one of the wisest women I know. And I've taken that philosophy. And it has helped me tremendously. And so guess what? When I was humble enough to come back into into the industry after having a historical moment as an owner, coming back as a distributor, but by the grace of God, I did it right before the pandemic. Do you know that online sales were the highest that they have ever been in the history of mankind during the pandemic? Yeah. And so the thought came, dude, your your, your sanitary napkins, there's no way that you're not going to get back out here and serve the people and get on this mission. When you see right now, the only thing that is selling are essentials. You couldn't go into any store unless it was an essential item. Exactly. Exactly. You were right in the right place at the right time. And God planned that for you. And you're a hard worker and you weren't, you weren't, um, you were humble enough to go back 
do what you knew best, and then go forward to start your own again. Well, I've got your website up, and you're going to stay with us. Shopessentials.com is your website. For everybody watching and listening, you've got to get in touch with Damon. He's the real deal. He's so down to earth. He wants to follow up. Absolutely. Uh, shop Essentials is shop, then Essentials, E-S-S-E-N-T-I-B-L-E-S, shopessentials.com. But if that's too much to uh, remember or to write down, Damon Coleman, look him up on Instagram. You've got to see his video on how these products work, how they're so much better than what you might already be using. That is not only non-toxic, but so much more absorbent. But Damon is such a real stand-up guy to be the founder of this company. You will love, love to get to know him. So I encourage you all that are listening or watching to get to know Damon Coleman, and that's Coleman with a C for those who are listening in the podcast. So Damon, don't go anywhere. I want everybody to follow you on Instagram. And if you if you totally lose track, you have no idea what we just said, I can't find him. You know where to find me if you're watching my show or listening to the show. And he's a good friend of mine. I've got his number. So if you're real nice to me, I might keep his number now. I'll make sure to DM you on Instagram. Come on, don't go anywhere because we were talking before, and Linda doesn't know this, but we were talking about her before we got on the air. So I'm going to bring this beautiful woman up, Linda Gunter. Linda Gunter, you all know I'm having my 60th birthday, my 60 days to raising 60,000 for Linda and her love. Him, love them, wonderful, wonderful nonprofit organization that helps the people of Haiti. And I was telling Damon that, Damon, your camera went out, so come on back. So I want to tell you what she was, you were saying. But Linda, while we're waiting for Damon to come back, tell us just a little bit about what's happening right now in Haiti and give us an update. So many of my friends and followers now are following you and we really, truly, generally care about what's happening in Haiti. Well, what's happening today in Haiti are numerous kidnappings. What's happening today in Haiti is the president uh, was assassinated on July 27th. And since then, we have approximately 19 gangs that have taken over the country of Haiti. What's happening today in Haiti is we have children who are in our transition home and in our orphanages who continue to reach out to me to say, can you please pray that God will make me invisible? Mm. Because now the kidnappings are not just from Blancos or people that uh, it is obvious that have money that they can, I mean, and they're kidnapping and holding for ransoms of 200 and $350,000. But now it's almost as if those people have run out in the country that have the ability to get those funds to them. So now they are kidnapping anyone and everyone. Uh, We had two pastors kidnapped, not from our particular ministry, but this past Sunday. They are now going into churches, and it is really and truly devastating. Uh, It is the worst that it has ever been, and we've been involved in Haiti since 2011, uh, so 10 years. Uh, it's, it's, It's really tough. We're in the process of rebuilding uh, from the earthquake that took place uh, just on August the 14th. Um, We, uh, as you know, have recently opened a hospital on the 29th of August last year. It's uh, interesting all the things that he did that your last guest did during the pandemic. Uh, I don't know where he went. We've got a lot of things in common. Yeah, I was hoping to be able to share some of those. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on. He's back. Listen, Damon, it's like you have told my story with the exception of I've not been in prison. Um, but I, my husband and I flipped houses. As a matter of fact, the way that we started our ministry is we were flipping houses in Grant Park. And oh, I, wow. Yeah. And literally we pulled up on a Sunday afternoon and the mother of my children was walking out of a house in Grant Park with her husband. And I literally yelled out of the car and said, you know, are you guys going to buy the house? If you're not going to buy the house, if you're buying it, we don't want to come in, blah, 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 blah. And that was how I met the woman who became the, who was the mother of my children. Now, not a lot of women can say that, uh, but literally, her husband, her husband ended up murdering her. She had five children, and my husband and I ended up on the seventeenth day of the seventh month of the year two thousand and seven. The family living in our home went to the size of seven with children ages seven to seventeen. Now, uh, after while that was going on, I also owned a salon. 
And you said, so I had a day spa. Uh, and so my friend prior to her passing would always come up to the day spa. We would do massages, we would do haircuts. So, and, and also I was the girl that uh, every time I, our neighborhood heard a knock on the door and saw my face, they just came to the door with their checkbook because they knew I was either selling Girl Scout cookies or asking for money for something. And so it's so interesting uh, how the three of us had that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, that, I, I won my trip for Girl Scouts to the Juliet Lowe's house from selling Girl Scout cookies. They had to write me a check back because I sold so many cookies that I paid for my trip. I paid for the hotel. I paid for everything. And they ended up having to give me a check from all the money I earned. So we have a lot in common. I think I love it. Yeah, I love it. that very interesting that you were talking about all of the same things. That's funny. Now, Devon, we're getting a little bit of feedback. That's why I put you on mute for a second because there's a little echo. But before we do anything... Damon, I was telling Damon about you, Linda, before we came on, and Damon wants to tell you something, and this is the type of person Damon is, and I know we're, you two are going to be close friends forever, too, and everybody listening, that's why I wanted people to tap into his company, because whatever he's doing, he's such a great, great, great guy you're going to love, and I hadn't said just a few words about you, and this is what Damon said. Damon, please take the mic. I told a rare to tell you, no, not me, and she won't do it. No. But we're going to donate $1,000 worth of feminine hygiene products to Haiti. And this would just be the start. Okay. So just want to sow a seed into what you guys are doing. Um, I've already been sending product to Haiti. You know, I haven't publicized it. So, you know, people don't know to necessarily reach out and ask. However, if I come across someone that I feel good about, then I most definitely, or should I say an organization that I feel good about, then I most definitely like to make a contribution. And so I can get you that product ASAP. You're here in Georgia, so it'll be easy. And uh, I'll get it to you. And Linda, you just be responsible for getting it to where it needs to go. Yeah. Damon, um, first of all, when I listened to the first part of the show and you told your story, I can honestly say I never in a million years expected the words sanitary napkins to come out of your mouth. Okay. So that first of all just sort of blew my mind. You started talking about feminine hygiene and I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on on the show? <laughs> but what you may or may not know, I don't know if you've ever been to Haiti. No. Okay. So first of all, it's non-existent. The product that you have, non-existent. I have seen girls use leaves. I have seen girls use... It's non-existent. And for, for, for teenage girls on the top of the mountain, when we go at Christmas, with Barbie dolls, hair bows, makeup, headbands, bars of soap and sanitary napkins and for them to come up with their report card and go and choose their Christmas gift and look for sanitary napkins. Um, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I, I just, I can't believe that you're on this, on this tonight with us. So you, you don't, there's no way if you've never been, there's no, I heard you speaking earlier. You know, I have a mom, I have an aunt, I have sisters. There's no way you can grasp the um, outcasting that happens to a teenager or a woman in Haiti during that time of the month. So your gift is not only gratefully accepted, it is overwhelmingly needed. And so I, I am very, very thankful, very thankful. And I mean, I have, I have girls coming out the wazoo in Haiti. These are just 30 of them uh, from two of our different orphanages. But I mean, we have we have girls everywhere. So I am uh, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Wow. Well, it's an honor. It's an honor. And it won't be the last. It's just the first. And I can appreciate, you know, what you're saying, because I had an opportunity to get educated about this subject. And it's a major problem in all of the underserved 
are, uh, as you could say, developing countries, getting away from the world, uh, but in all of the developing countries, Haiti, Dominican Republic, Africa, I mean, it's a huge disparity between what these young girls need and what they actually have access to. And so, no, we're going to keep it going for sure. So, And I'm just, I'm just going to add, I mean, again, I can't believe we're discussing this, but I mean, even communities. Because one of the uh, one of the big big issues in uh, in Haiti is uh, that molestation can very easily take place because there are not a lot of panties. So there's not even that that barrier of protection for a child that may a little girl that may have on a dress that may be in an orphanage. That you know, I mean, even with a mission team a mission team coming in. Uh, there, there are things that happen. So, uh, you know, sometimes the issue with the sanitary napkins is there's not a pair of panties to put the sanitary napkin on. So uh, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it just. Linda, Linda, this is nuts. This is what I call confirmation. Because do you know one of the products that I'm going to be launching soon <laughs> are the essential panties? Oh my God. And it's, and, it's, and it's not because of the reason that you're saying, it's because a lot of women wear the wrong underwear during that special time of the month. They wear the wrong freaking underwear and it causes major challenges. And so a lot of women have gotten away from the cotton underwear because there's nothing sexy about them. They call them period panties, you know, whatever the case may be. But the truth of the matter is, women particularly need cotton underwear especially during that time of the month. You've just given me a whole nother reason to want to launch a line of underwear. Like that is nuts. Look that what God's doing. Nuts. You know, I tell you what, it never ceases to amaze me. And Linda, you know this, how just God just brings people together. And I love sitting back and just seeing God at work because I couldn't have planned this. It happened. I just happened to, Demond just happened to apply. To you like you liked about 10 of my pictures. And I said, Aurea, oh, where are you being? Linda, I haven't seen them since 2000, what, 17, 18? And now, and then yeah. I said, well, I've got you coming on show, Linda, but I could always use a little bit, you know, a little bit of zhuzh too on business. And I said, well, have Demond had no idea any of this was about to take place. But God knew. He knew I wouldn't have put anybody else on this show that wasn't just special. I felt it's a calling. Now, Demond would be perfect for the show. But I wasn't bringing looking for anybody else to be on it. But when Damon came up, I said, let's do this one because he's going out of town and it would have been, I'm already booked, you know, down the down the road. So I was like, come on this one. Now I know why. And Damon, I know Linda, I've known her for years. She is such good people. Her, her, she's a volunteer. Everybody in America is a volunteer. Nobody gets paid. They make, they make this beautiful jewelry out of trash. She gives them a way to make a living down there, just like the three of us did when we were young. They're taking trash, which is plentiful in Haiti, and making a living out of this. And she gets every penny down to Haiti. There's no middleman. There's no celebrity endorsement. There's no red tape. She gets hands in the Around. To them, the only few people that get paid, she tells us, is a, a people in Haiti, in the country we're trying to help. So when I vet a company like that to know that they are doing the good work and there's no funny business behind the scenes, that's Linda and her team. And she is as wonderful and honest as anybody ever want to meet. And I just see the people coming together and being maybe the maybe the charity of choice for this new company. Who knows? But I put my my vote in there's nobody better and more sincere and getting more work done than Linda and her team. And with all the girls down there and all the orphan, what you guys just told me that, you know, I never even thought of that. And Linda, when you said we don't even have the panties, it's just not something that's in us in America to even think that something we don't have. You know, and you know the other, the other thing Joe is going to mention is that, um, and again, I can't believe we're discussing this, but uh, the most the women in Haiti don't use tampons. It's a cultural thing that they don't use. So uh, whenever, whenever we we brought thirty children from one of our orphanage here to the United States, 
and they sang up and down the East Coast as the Haitian Orphan Children's Choir. Um, and one of the things that we, that's when we actually for real realized it because some of the girls began starting their period while they were on that tour. And we, they, we tried to get tampon. They were like, no, 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 we don't do that. We don't use that. So uh, it's very interesting that you have, because a lot of, a lot of people have tried to donate those to us. And I'm like, it's really pointless because they're not going to use them. Yeah, so, we, have, we, we have an anti-tampon campaign. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, we can, all the doctors that we consulted with during our focus groups, the OBGYNs, they all said there's no such thing as a safe use of a tampon, even if it's organic. There's something called micro-tears. Ladies, gentlemen, look it up. See what micro-tears is about. It's what happens when you extract the tampon. It's microscopic tears on the vaginal walls that over a course of time starts to cause challenges, whether it's vaginal dryness, whether it's a difference in the pH balance, whether it's UTIs. I mean, I can go on and on, but this is no new news under the sun, Linda. Right. But isn't that so interesting that with all the challenges that the people in Haiti have, that they are smart enough to know that, whether they're smart enough to know that for the reasons that you just mentioned. But I mean, it's very interesting to me that in that third world country, and I mean, in addition, you know, we have no COVID in Haiti, none, zero. Wow. Well, interesting, isn't it? Also Senegal, Africa, no COVID. And we've got people going around, not one mask on, they're piled on top of tap taps, all on top of each other. Um, they actually think that COVID is something that the United States has made up. So they're. <laughs> Why don't they have it? What is the. I, I truly believe it's because of their immune system. And I also believe that, you know, uh, hydrochloroquine, which is basically an anti malaria medicine, that's taken like every Sunday in Haiti. They call it the Sunday medicine. So the same way in Africa, they call that the Sunday medicine. Really? So I think, mm hmm. Oh my gosh, Linda, you and I have been through so much and and the people that are just in my space and God just puts in my heart to bring it to your space. And it's, you know, we're on this journey together, Linda, forever, even though I've, I've turned 60 already last week. That's old news now, right? On to 61. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping this journey. And I haven't made my quota for you yet and I'm not going to stop till I get there. And then God told me back back in 1999 when they took out my vocal cord nerve and told me I would never speak again, that not only would I, was I going to use my voice for nonprofits, he said I was going to be the voice for nonprofits. And I didn't realize all that he meant when he said that. It wasn't so much that I was going to do interviews and use my vocal cord nerves that I didn't have. It's doing this and bringing people together and just being able to tell the stories and then let God do what he does. Because I couldn't have done this with um, you and, and Damon. Sorry about that, Damon. And that's something that you are so amazing at, too. I mean, you are like a connectability thingamabob, like Legos. <laughs> yeah, you are amazing at that. So, Well, furthermore, Linda, I'm going to figure out how we can connect Saturday so I can bring you the product. And it's not going to be $1,000 worth of product. It's, 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 going, to, it's going to be more. We're, we're, we're about to we're about to make an impact and we're going to find some panties even before essential panties. We're going to get those. We're going to figure it out. We're going to attract that. We're going to get a sponsor to get some panties for Amen. girls and we're going to make it happen. So, yeah, this well, you know what I'd really I'm love. Gonna... And that is that the moment that it is safe. And my hope is that that will be Christmas because we do we do mission trips all year long to Haiti. Uh, we do a teachers teaching teachers how to teach trip. We do medical trips. We do construction trips. We do Christmas trips. Um, but I'd really love for you to come and you to hand these gifts out. Oh, my God. Uh, so that that's when I think the the impact would really be made for you is for you to be able to step into the orphanages, step mm -hmm. into the schools, step into our transition home, step into our vocational school, step into the hospital uh, and see with your eyes what I'm saying. Uh, and, and just let that I, I think that would explode your business because it would give you a reason, even more of a reason to see how what you are doing could actually really not only change lives here in the United States, but change lives worldwide. Amen. Okay. Wow. Oh. Well, I could not be more speechless right now. And if you're watching, listening, however you're experiencing this, get celebritized show. You just never know what's going to happen. And you know, I've just totally am a woman of faith. And when things like this happen, 
I let it happen. It's never an agenda with me. It's never a script. It's I think I know why people come on, you know, for the most part, I have a reason why I invite them on. But when God takes it to something like this, I let it go. Let it ride. Because how much better for all of you listening or watching to get to know both these wonderful people, just as people, not what they do or sell, but just as two amazing human beings on this earth. I encourage you all to get to know them. Linda Gunter, love him, love them. And Damon Coleman, find him on Instagram or shop Essentials. And y'all know me, Ram Gary. If I can do anything for you, I'm here. Guys, you just made this show so much more special than I could ever planned or I could ever pre-produced. Thank you so much for being here. You've got 30 seconds to say one thing to the listeners and viewers. What do you want them to know? What would you say to them? Damon, I'll start with you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Aurel, for having me on this show. I'm looking forward to coming back. Thank you for introducing me to Linda. And uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of your evening. And keep tuning in to Get Celebritized. Woo! I like that last final word. Linda, what about you? I would say that for those of you who may not have any hope tonight, or for those of you who may have lost your joy and don't understand what it means to live above your circumstances, that you would understand and realize that the way to have true joy is the acronym JOY, to put Jesus first, mm. others second, and yourself last. And not to go with the worldview, but to understand that God's view is that we deny ourselves, we take up our cross, we follow him, and that's when he is able to live out the plan that he has created for our lives. Before he ever put the sand on the beach, the foundation of the earth, or the stars in the sky, he knew exactly why he created you. And once we find our true purpose in life, life is abundant. It is amazing. So thank you, Araya, for allowing me to come on tonight and share just a little bit, just a little tidbit of our story of why we do what we do. And to remember that real religion that God himself considers pure is to care for the widows and the orphans who are in a hot mess. If you don't know the name of an orphan, you need to reach out because if what God thinks is real religion is to care for an orphan and you don't even know the name of one, you need to go to our website, lovehimlovethem.org, and we can give you the way to connect with one of our children so that at minimum, you will have someone that you can pray for and encourage. Thanks again, Araya. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Linda. Thank you everybody for watching and listening. And I just encourage you, if you're feeling down or without hope, when you give to someone else, I just, I get more blessing by working with Linda and helping her cause and by letting, you know, people like Damon come on the show and, and share what they're up to so much more than, than by doing anything else that I do for myself. So if you're wanting how to cheer yourself up today, Give to somebody else, whatever your talent is, your gift, your time, your energy, and you will be blessed and you'll feel that joy. I love that. Jesus, others, yourself. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm going to celebritize, share the show. This one was something special. I love you guys. See you next time. Get Celebritized. Signing out. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. We hope this episode inspires you to earn more, live more, and give back more. To learn more about Araya, visit her website, arayamagari.com, and make sure to follow her at Araya McGarry Productions on Instagram, and join her on Clubhouse at Celebritize Your Business. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry.